0: Welcome to the Recap, part of Pastoring Out Loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. I'm here with both Haddon. Say hi, Haddon. Hi, Haddon. That's good. I'd expect something like that. And Ethan, more of a wallflower this particular podcast. Hi, think? Haddon. Oh, hi, Haddon. Oh, that's <laughs> great. All right. And uh, Haddon was here. We're continuing our series. We've been continuing our series on sanctification and Haddon mm-hmm. preached a message on John fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm the vine, you're the branches.
1: Haddon, thanks again for preaching. Oh, my pleasure.
0: What uh what was the sermon about? You want to recap the sermon for sure. us and the outline and yeah. Go from there?
1: Yeah, the sermon was essentially Jesus is the vine, so he's the source of our life, source of our fruitfulness, and therefore we need to abide in him. So just I'm kind of walking through this text. Um, Jesus tells us that he's the vine, and there's really a an amazing picture of how Jesus really is the source of all of our life. Um, Apart from him, we have no life. But as the Gospel of John shows us over and over, Jesus himself is life. And so to have him is to have true life, everything that we need to be fruitful Christians. And so the way that we bear fruit in the Christian life is by going to Jesus and living in fellowship with him and drawing from him all that we need in order to be fruitful believers. So he tells us, uh, abide in me and I in you. Um, he, he tells us that uh, as the branch can't bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so he's very clear about the fact that on our own strength, by our own power, we cannot live fruitful Christian lives. But He also promises that if we do abide in Him, we will live Christian uh, or fruitful Christian lives. And so, um, in verse seven, if you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. By this, My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be My disciples. So there's this wonderful promise of uh, abiding in Jesus will lead to fruitfulness in our lives as believers. Um, And so how do we do that? Uh, We talked about how in verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So it's really important for the words of Jesus to abide in us, that we're meditating on his words, that we're living under the authority of his words, and that we're trusting his words, believing his words, especially the gospel. Um, Right. And that as we do that, also... Um, as we seek him in prayer, as we seek the father in prayer, he says, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. So if we're going to depend on him, like a branch depends on the vine, that implies dependence. And the way that we depend is through prayer. Um, also this idea of, uh, Jesus abiding in us. It's not just us abiding in him, but he abides in us. And that implies that we're making our hearts a welcoming home for him. And so, um, Seeking him in, in fellowship, both personally as well as corporately. Um, those are really important things for us. And then at the end of the passage, he, he tells us, as the Father has loved me, so have, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Which which to me is just one of the most amazing statements in the Bible. Yeah. To think that Jesus Christ loves us as the Father loves him. And so um, this is not something that we do in order to earn his love, um, we don't make ourselves uh, worthy of the love of Jesus by being good abiders, yep. but rather it's because he loved us first and made us his own by his grace that we now have the joy of abiding in his love. And so he really he's calling us to the response of of love in return for him, you know, just as he has loved us, that we are to to love him uh, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and out of that flows. Joyful obedience, yeah, yeah. amen. So
0: uh, it's later in the passage that the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, mm-hmm. as NIV translates, comforter. I think as ESV translates, comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the, you know the, <laughs> the amazing preposition in, mm-hmm. in, uh, throughout this passage, you know, by in me, mm-hmm. I in you, and yeah. then the, you know, the text has gone in the direction of, and will go in the direction of the Holy Spirit being in you. Talk a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember how much of this you did in the sermon. I don't have the manuscript in front of me, Mm -hmm. but talk a little bit more about the nature of what this means, this abiding means in relationship to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What the Holy Spirit is doing, this kind of doctrine of perichoresis. Yeah. uh, You know, mutual indwelling.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, back in chapter 14, verse 21, Jesus says, He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Then verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Right. So we've got Jesus and the Father coming to us and making their home in us. How do, how do the Father and the Son do that? It's, it's through the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who actually comes and dwells in the believer, um, so Jesus dwells in us through his spirit. I think that's the, the way we want to think about that. Is, is Christ in you? Yes, he is. And he is, the, the, the man Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God the Father in heaven right now. The, 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 the man Jesus Christ um, is actually at a location at the right hand of God the Father. And so how how is Jesus, the the son of God and the son of man dwelling in believers? It's through the Holy Spirit. Right, right. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit.
0: If you had had another 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to preach, Mm -hmm. uh, which undoubtedly a good news of vegan, you know, your (laughs) whole congregation's ready for you to preach for 120 minutes, um, give or take. If you just had more time, where else would you have gone? What other applications would you have made? What Mm -hmm. other exegesis would you have unpacked? Yeah. What else would you have done?
1: Yeah. I think there are two main things that come to mind. One is just this, this idea of, of fruit, um, I think I would have liked to maybe dive more deeply into the specifics of what Jesus is talking about there. Um, because we can ask the question, is he talking about the fruit of the Spirit? Right. You know, think of Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, so forth. Or is he talking about um, he'll make you fruitful in your ministry? Um, you know, as you serve in the church, he'll help you be a... A good Sunday school teacher. He'll help you be a good elder. You know, something like that. Prayer of Jabez. (laughs) Expand your borders. Give you stuff. (laughs) Right? Yeah. What exactly is Jesus talking about? Is he talking about evangelistically Taco Bell? (laughs) Stuff like that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so I I think that uh, when you look at the context here, and and when you think about the way that Jesus talks about fruit, um. Here in John and in the other Gospels, I think he really is talking about um, almost everything that we can legitimately think about as being fruitful believers. So here in John 15, um, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you in verse 12. Yep. And so being a fruitful Christian means loving others. Um, verse 10, uh, yep. it's keeping the keeping Jesus's commandments. So it's a life of obedience. Um, in verse 16, he says, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. And so this idea of going and bearing fruit, I think is connected to this whole theme in the Gospel of John, uh, where Jesus tells his disciples, as I have, as the Father has sent me, so have I, so am I sending you. And so this idea of being sent to bear fruit evangelistically. And so it, it really is, um, I think in the context of John, he's talking about um, everything that can legitimately be thought of as part of a fruitful Christian life. Um, in the other Gospels, he talks about uh, bearing good fruit or bearing bad fruit. And, you know, out of the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when yep. he talks about those things, for example, in Luke 6, yep. I mean, he, he's talking about like really a full-orbed Christian life. Like everything that you do is it glorifying to God or is it um dishonoring God yeah amen so, so so that's 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 one place i would have gone i think another place that i would have liked to touch on is this idea um that you see in verse 2 every branch that does not bear fruit he takes away and then in verse 6 he revisits that and says if anyone does not abide in me he's thrown away like a branch and withers and so it can almost sound like Wait a second, is Jesus saying we can lose our salvation? like there are these branches in him but they're but they're not fruitful and so he's going to cut them off and now you've lost your salvation. And I don't believe that that's what Jesus is saying here. Um, I think that uh, that's the case for several reasons. One is the Gospel of John is just very clear that Jesus keeps those who are his own um, right? For example, in chapter 10 Jesus says, no one will snatch you out of my hand. Um, there's just there's just not a possibility of a, a, a true believer actually losing their salvation, and so I think in the context here where Jesus is using this illustration of the branches and the vine, like the, I mean, if, if you're going to use that picture, the picture only makes sense if the if the branch is part of the vine, right? Yeah. Um, and and, and so really you you have to make the picture walk on all fours more than it's intended to. Yeah. To get to the idea of losing your salvation, um, I think Judas is a is a good case study in this. Um, from Scripture, we know Judas was never actually a true believer, although for three years he looked like he was a real follower of Jesus. And yet, at the end of the day, he was one who um, was not truly a follower of right. Jesus ever from you know ever from the beginning. So, I think that's what Jesus is talking about: people who look like they are Christians but are not truly. Converted and eventually, right. They they follow him. right
0: Aladdin, right. thanks again for preaching on Sunday. My pleasure. It's a joy.
1: Yeah.